Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. So let's get now to our guest, Suresh Tantia, Senior Investment Strategist at Credit Suisse, joining us on the line from Singapore. So much, I guess, kind of bad news out there, Suresh. And I wanted to ask you as well about Europe and what we're seeing with the gas woes there, because there is some kind of indication that this uh, crisis is just as uh, big as what we're seeing in terms of the Fed, in terms of the outlook for the dollar, in terms of the outlook as well for the global economy. Just how much of a, of a concern is it that we are seeing that uh, Gazprom will not reopen that Nord Stream 1 pipeline. Good morning, Juliet. Um, I think we have a lot of concern that uh, the pipeline might not reopen, um, which would uh, be uh, really bad news for Europe. Um, I think European economies and markets are in deep trouble. Uh, the global economy is always slowing down, which are which is having impact on uh, European economies and markets. And on top of that, if energy prices remain high, it's going to cost a lot of money for uh, European consumers and companies to uh, to spend money and um, operate their businesses. So I see a lot of downside for European assets, whether it's uh, Euro or uh, the European equity market. I think both are likely to remain under pressure in the short term. Yeah, it does look like the regional outlook for the euro are not great at the moment. Your underweight equities in general, is this just the broader view of these concerns about the global economy? Yes, um, I think there are two factors. One is that uh, one is it's very clear that the um, U.S. is not going to cut rates anytime soon. Earlier, there was a narrative that uh, Fed could look, look to cut rate next year. But given the high inflation and the messaging from Jerome Powell, it's very clear that Fed will maintain 3.5% to 4% kind of rates next year. Secondly, the global economy is slowing down. We can see that in the data in U.S., in Europe and in China as well. So a combination of slowing economy and high interest rates are not good for the equity market. That's why we decided to go underweight on uh, equities. And uh, looking pretty dire as well for the bond market. We just heard from Bloomberg Susanna Palmer saying that it doesn't look like we could see that rally come back. In terms of what we saw with the US jobs report, what are you looking for in terms of, I guess, any kind of positive signs here on the economy? Um, I think economy is going to slow down as uh, interest rate remains high. We have started to feel the uh, pinch in the unemployment rate and also the consumer spending has been slowing down. We can see that in the housing market as well, housing starts and housing sales have been slowing down. So I think the trend is uh, on the downside and the next few quarters you will see weaker growth. Um, Definitely the bond market could remain under pressure as rates will remain high. 
but for investors who are looking for safe haven places i think uh, they can start accumulating bonds especially the high grade bonds like investment grade um they are yielding close to 5% um and even if we see a recession i think these bonds could be the best place to be right now uh, compared to what's uh, else is available in the market how many rate hikes do you have priced in from the fed by the end of or i guess the middle of 2023 so we are looking at uh, the terminal fed fund rate of uh, 4% um, in the first quarter of uh, next year and uh, i think uh, fed is going to hike to that uh, to 4% and just stay there for uh, 2023 so the key question is whether fed is going to cut rate next year i don't think that's going to happen so we mentioned broadly that you're at underweight on equities when it comes to the asia picture in particular though is there a sense that perhaps Asia can emerge faster from the downturn because of softer inflation, the end of the earnings downgrade cycle. Where are you looking for opportunity here? I think the Asian markets are also going to follow the US markets. If US goes into recession and we see a sell-off in the US equity market, you are going to see a sell-off in Asian assets as well. So that's why what we have done is uh, closed our overweight call on China equity market and the Asian uh, equity markets. Um, I think the slowdown in global growth is not good for um, Asian economies, especially the exporters. We can see that uh, in uh, numbers for Korea, in Taiwan, and even in China as well, that export growth has been slowing down. And we are still seeing earnings downgrade for uh, most of the markets. So I think there is a lot more to come uh, in terms of the sell-off in the market in Asia, uh, similar to U.S., we're expecting this week to potentially more see more uh, weakness in the Chinese economy as well when we have uh, some more data released there. How much of, I guess, is a concern of the, the China slowdown story, particularly when we're coupled with these Chengdu lockdowns? I think definitely it's a big concern for the markets, given that uh, the entire supply chain of the world is in China. So if uh, the lockdown measures are implemented, it will certainly raise the expectations of high inflation in U.S., and uh, again, uh, people would be worried about high shipping costs and uh, pressure on the margins of the companies. So the China slowdown, along with the um, zero COVID policy, definitely will have impact on the global assets, including China. You talk about supply chain issues there. This is a bit of a, a crystal ball question we're asking from our MLive team this week. But what would be the most significant shortage that the global economy might see in the next 12 months? It would be, I think, the consumer goods. Um, what we have seen in US, um, all the um, consumer goods, whether it's toys or textile products um, or shoes or all kind of electronic products, uh, those were in shortage uh, last year. Prices went to the roof as uh, the supply chain issues um, were faced because of the lockdown measures in China. So I think if uh, the uh, Chengdu lockdown continues and you see more cities coming under similar measures, then it's quite possible that the uh, the prices of consumer goods could go up. Let's talk as well about uh, the weakness we're seeing in Asian currencies, which is a reflection of dollar strength. Do you think that it is likely we're going to see uh, as significant moves as we saw in the 1997 currency crisis in Asia? I don't think we are at that, uh, uh, that kind of situation because uh, the balance sheets or the forex reserves of the central banks in Asia are much stronger. Um, if you look at the fragile five in emerging markets, Brazil, uh, Turkey, Indo India, Indonesia and South Africa, they are the best performing equity market in EM uh, this year. Um, so despite the dollar strength, 
um, and also um, the impact on of the higher commodity prices. I think uh, the uh, Asian financial crisis kind of situation is highly unlikely because all the countries have built up their forest reserve. So you can see in Asia, central banks have been entering into the market to stabilize their currency. So you might see some weakness in the currencies, but not to the extent of what we saw in Asian financial crisis. Suresh, I've got to say, I'm starting this Monday a bit sad. I mean, there's so much bad news out there. Is there any positive call you have out there? I mean, what about in terms of the reopening across ASEAN? Definitely, I think the ASEAN markets uh, stand out. Um, it's uh, given the uh, reopening theme and the delayed recovery that we have seen. Um, South Asia uh, is likely to outperform rest of the Asian markets. So markets like Indonesia, Thailand, I think they can do well going forward. And we, from a currency perspective also, we are looking at IDR, uh, which benefit from the higher commodity prices. So the mm. currency could uh, appreciate against USD. All right. Always great to get your insights. Thank you for joining us. Suresh Tantier, a senior investment strategist at Credit Suisse on the line from Singapore for us. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.